0: You're listening to Hungry Gen Audio Podcast. I'm going to share about a movement or creating a movement, being a movement for God. If you have your Bible, in Mark chapter 5, I'm going to read from New King James Version, version Mark chapter 5 and verse We will start with verse 22. Verse 22. For those of you watching us on live stream, we welcome you today as you are watching. Please share this broadcast on Facebook and on YouTube. You're part of our family. Open the Bible with us. Grab a cup of coffee right there, right in front of your computer screen. I have screenshots of people in different countries who are watching in big groups this whole conference. And so as you are there, the God will move. Also during our prayer line, we'll be praying specifically for you as well. We are believing and utilizing the power of media for the influence of the kingdom of God. Amen. Mark chapter 5 verse 22 it says the following and behold one of the rulers of the synagogue came Jairus by name and when he saw him he fell at his feet and he begged him earnestly saying my little daughter lies at the point of death come and lay your hand on her that she might be healed and she will live. This ruler he was the leader like a pastor of the synagogue he oversaw the program in the synagogue and his little girl got sick. Instead of calling a doctor, which is what normal people should do, and we are for the doctors because doctors treat, Jesus heals. Healing doesn't conflict with medicine. We love medicine and uh, we need to see more and more people being medical doctors and being nurses. Can somebody say amen? If you work in, med- in, in medical world, we pray for you, we bless you and we love you. And testimony of healing does not cancel the power of medicine. Because God created all of those medical things that make our bodies better. And so we celebrate for that. But this father, he didn't go looking for a doctor. The scripture says is he went looking for Jesus. You must understand is that his daughter was dying. In fact, at this point, she already died. And the spirit was gone. Her body was still there, 12 years of age, but the spirit was gone. Maybe you are here today and your ministry is 12 years age and it died. Not in the sense that the church lost its building. Not in the sense that you lost a youth pastor or you lost a music director or you lost people but what made the girl die is not that she lost a liver, lungs or kidneys. The girl died because the spirit that makes the form function left. Revival is not when we have great lights, good speeches, amazing music, and phenomenal facilities. Revival is when the Spirit of God is breathing in the body of God. A body without a spirit is a corpse. Christianity without the Holy Spirit is a corpse, has all the fingers, has all the right things, right theology. The only thing it doesn't have is life. It has religion, it's a monument but not a movement. It's a pool but not a river and then if you get a guy like me who's loud we make a jacuzzi out of it see when you can't have a river, you make a jacuzzi. You put these little jets called good personality, amazing talent, um, social media, video cameras, smoke machine, lights and you make things go bubbly. And there's a lot of uh, cloud that comes out in the jacuzzi. I love jacuzzis by the way. I love hot tubs. But one thing the hot tub cannot produce is life. Rivers, uh, fish cannot live there. A hot tub, you can't plant a tree, can't nourish the roots of the tree. A hot tub is a man's invention for man's entertainment. The Holy Ghost is not a hot tub. He is a river of a living water. Come on somebody. And sometimes when we as churches lose the river, we make hot tubs. We make things for men's entertainment. And they, man, they make men have good time. The only thing is that you can also have a good time watching a movie or going to a basketball game. But one thing that a hot tub cannot do is cure cancer. One thing that a man, man's gift and talent cannot do is heal somebody's marriage, restore somebody's child, break a chain, heal a disease. That can only God do. Can somebody say amen? A little girl was dead. She had a body, it just didn't have life, it didn't have movement, it didn't have, it didn't function. It had the form, but no function. It had no movement. I believe that revival is never determined by the size of the church, it's determined by the size of God's activity in the church. You can have a big church. But if there is no spirit moving there. I didn't say if there is no people on the staff that are paid. I didn't say if the pastor's YouTube channel has over 100,000 subscribers or if the pastor is tax-savvy. I didn't say that but you can have a small or a big church, young or an old church but what makes a church alive is when there is a spirit, the heart of the church beats for the lost. The heart of the church beats for the lost. The mouth of the church preaches the gospel. The ears of the church hear the voice of the Holy Ghost. The legs of the church go into the world. And that is a movement in the church. It might not have a good carpet. It might not have a parking space. It might not be big. But you walk in and you feel like there is stuff moving here. Stuff is moving because God is moving. Because the Spirit of God is there. Because the Holy Spirit is there. I don't want just a big church or a big gathering I want you and I need this Holy Spirit who brings life and creates a movement that when you come to a place you feel something is moving here and I'm not talking about because they're so busy but because they're fruitful what happened with this father he had a daughter his daughter had the body. It just didn't have a spirit. It's sad. Maybe you're in a church today that has a building but it doesn't have a revival. Can I encourage you to do something? Do what this father did. He didn't curse his daughter. He didn't criticize his daughter. He didn't arrange a funeral for his daughter and watch this. He didn't abandon her either. Sometimes when you come to a conference as such be exposed to ministry as ours those of you watching us on live stream And you go back home and you see your own ministry that you are a part of the ministry that you're leading kids ministry in The ministry that you are the music director in and you're looking and that that thing has all the fingers It has the right theology. It has the right music. It has the right cameras It has everything but something is missing and it's not something. It's life. And it's easy to begin to say, I'm a part of a dead church. My pastor preaches dead sermons to dead people and we're just a dead church. That is not what's going to make your church come alive. Is because you knew how to diagnose it. Now you need to know what to do when you are part of a dead ministry. And that is not to criticize it. And that is not to blaspheme it. That is not to bury it. There is something you can do to become a revival in a dead church. We teach this entrance. I'm sharing this with you because people leave conferences as such and this is what they typically do. They come to their church and they begin to despise their church thinking it will help their pastor because they will rub it in his face of how awesome the Spirit of God conference was and their church is not like that. God doesn't want us to be like that. God wants us to go back to our churches the same way this father did. He didn't go back to his daughter and criticized her or blame her because she was dead. He brought something he encountered somewhere else where he broke the mold to be there because for Egerius, for somebody like him, the ruler of the synagogue, being with Jesus was not, not something that everybody did. But he went there, he was with Jesus, brought Jesus back and the Bible says is they raised the girl from the dead. We teach interns something that I share with them. I said, don't start a revolution at home. They always kill revolutionaries. God doesn't want you to be a revolutionary. Your church will hang you. Be a revivalist. A revivalist doesn't need to prove everybody wrong. He just needs to bring the light. He doesn't curse the darkness, he turns on the light revivalists. He brings the movement of the Holy Spirit into the dead things. And I believe that God wants to bring revival to our local churches, the churches that we're gonna come back to. I believe God wants to create a greater movement here at Hungry Generation. I believe that God wants to create a movement at your local church. It might not look what what God is doing here. It might not look like what God is doing somewhere else but what it will have is this. It will have a heartbeat of God for souls. It will have feet that will evacuate it will have a mouth that will praise, ears that will hear God, hands that will help others. It will have a movement. Somebody shout movement. Come on, somebody shout movement. Touch your neighbor says stop being a monument. Be a movement. The father believed for revival for his daughter to be raised from the dead. He went to Jesus He started to cry out to Jesus so Jesus can come to him and bring that. In fact let's do that right now. We're gonna pray for you at the end of the service. Could we pray for, for the church that you are a part of right now. There are pastors here some already left yesterday. Some of you, you're part of churches where you have resistance, where you have problems. You're part of churches where you feel like things are dead. And I felt strongly from the Spirit of God, there is somebody here today, you're actually on the edge to leave your church. Because it's easier to go find a church that's living, instead of bring life to the one that's not. Be like this man. He didn't abandon his daughter and went to his wife and says, let's make another baby. He went to Jesus and said, Jesus, I want you to resurrect my baby. Maybe your ministry is 12 years old. Maybe you're watching right now and your ministry, honestly, is only six months old and it's already died. And it didn't die because everyone left you. Listen to me very carefully. Your ministry doesn't depend on people who left and it doesn't depend on people who stayed. Ministry always is dependent upon one most important ingredient and that is the breath of the living God who makes all the organs function, who creates a movement and that breath you don't need a smoke machine for that. For that breath you don't need to have the eloquence of speech. For that breath you can have a English problems like me but when that breath is moving in the ministry, in a small ministry will have a great impact. A young ministry will have an internal impact because when the Spirit of God is moving, it's not by might, it's not by power is by my spirit says the Lord it is the Holy Spirit who you need you don't need just a building you don't need a sound man you don't need a media man you don't need a camera my friend you need the Holy Ghost because if the Spirit is coming you will find the clothes you will find the shoes you will find that And some of you you need to go back to your ministry and bring revival not a riot not a revolution but a revival somebody shout revival revival God, send revival. God, send revival. The Bible says here, keep standing on your feet. It says, he begged him earnestly. This was not a modern Pentecostal prayer. Precious Jesus, if you have time come to my house. I live on the boulevard. Take right and then left and come to my house if you want to. The Bible says he begged him earnestly saying my daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on him and then Jesus came. When our ministry was struggling, I want you to stand to your feet right now. We're going to pray for our churches. When our ministry was not doing what, what was happening to what we see today. Instead of blaming the area and saying this area is not accepting Jesus. Instead of saying, well, we're just Slavic people and people uh, don't want to come to our church because of our accent or because of our culture. What we had to do is this. When we want the revival, we need the Spirit. And if you want the Spirit, you need to cry out earnestly and say, God, give me revival. I have a high school diploma. That's all the education I got. English is my third language and physically, you know with my physical appearance I'm not necessarily the coolest kid looking kid. I'm getting better but I'm not the coolest looking kid in the block. Sometimes mispronounce my words and I have people on our team who have PhDs, who have bachelor's degrees, who have master's degrees and today with the the kind of things that we see my friend if you think it's because of the cleverness of this little box on the top of my shoulder you are deceived. There is a Holy Spirit and when He breathes on things, they come alive. I can't heal a fly if my life would depend on it. cancers have been healed, tumors have shrunk, cysts have disappeared, people who were blind they started to see, deaf ears were open. I'm going to tell you it's not because of a degree, it's not because of lights, it's not because of the human intellect, it's because of the Spirit of God who gives life and life creates movement. And when you have a movement you're a force to be reckoned with. When you have a movement you're not a monument that is stuck, something is moving, something is moving. But I lived long enough to know when you don't have a movement you can create a jacuzzi. In church, I don't want a jacuzzi. I don't want just hype and emotionalism. We don't want just volume and smoke. We want life which comes from the Holy Spirit. Join to the person next to you with your hands right now. Let's begin to cry out to God right now for revival in your local church. The church you call dead. I want you to call Jesus to come to the church right now. The church you said this church is not going to make it. This church is not turning around. The pastor is the problem. You know the deacons are the problem. The board is the problem. They are not the problem. What that church needs is the Holy Ghost and when the Holy Ghost comes things will change. He knows how to change the pastor. He knows how to rearrange a board. He knows how to shift things in the city where the city will give you a building. He knows. He created the planet. He can mess with your area. You may say but I live in a graveyard for churches. Churches don't flourish. Listen the spirit of the living God. He wants to move in that area. Beg Jesus earnestly and say Jesus send revival. Jesus send revival to my city. Send revival to my church. Send revival to my pastor. Send revival to our deacons. Send revival to our board send revival to our leaders send revival to me God Send revival, God. If we can do the song, your Spirit. Oh, Father, we pray right now for a mighty revival. Those of you who are watching us right in front of your phone, open up your lips in your living room. Begin to cry out that Jesus will visit your 12-year-old ministry that he will visit your five-year-old youth ministry that he will visit your kids ministry that he will visit your prison ministry that he will visit your orphanage ministry that he will resurrect it that he will bring life into it that he will bring movement into it come on all the interest begin to pray for the churches you're coming back To come on, all the interest begin to lift the church. You're coming back to it's time to stop criticizing your pastor and pray for your church. Pray for your church. Beg Jesus earnestly, beg Him earnestly, beg Him earnestly, beg Him earnestly. Say, Jesus, it's your church. Jesus, it's your church. Oh. Oh. Come, on. Come on, raise those hands right now. Raise those hands right now. It's not very, 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 it's by his spirit. in Jesus name you know there was a time when I, when I was in the youth ministry for about 10, ten years our church wasn't growing we just couldn't break the barrier of 50 people for a very long time nothing against small churches but there was no life there was no movement we had no prayer meetings there was no prayer in the church people were not getting saved for years we went without baptizing anybody And I had the audacity to think that the problem was with my pastor. Like in the back of my mind, it's always easier to blame someone than to take responsibility for what you're given. I remember one time, we kind of, me and and Ilya and others kind of voiced out to the pastor that our youth ministry will really grow if our Sunday morning church will change. Because our Sunday morning had translation, our Sunday morning was so like official and strict and, and that's why youth is not coming. And our pastor you know he didn't take it offensively he nicely gave us a dose of our own medicine he says he said help me to understand you guys have your youth night on wednesday night it's all english no translation you're wearing your stupid ripped jeans you're making music so loud that you're going deaf he said you brought a pig because i brought a pig to church he said you brought a sheep to church you drove a motorcycle on the stage, he says you even did a fear factor where people ate worms on the stage and you've done everything in the book and the youth ministry is still 50 kids and you're telling me that your brilliant idea will fix Sunday morning if it never worked for Wednesday night. I said that was a wise thing that he said. something happened. I recognize that I cannot do CPR this little youth ministry. I tried the CPR, it doesn't work. I've tried everything in the book. I've read many youth ministry books on what to do to attract people and we've done many more things, things that put us on the heresy list with some local churches. And all the CPR never brought the little girl back to life. And instead of blaming our Sunday morning, our pastor or our Russian culture, and say we just give up you know what we started to do with this father we said we're gonna take responsibility for going to Jesus in the way that we've never went before I decided I'm gonna give in a way that I have never given in my life before I gave God one year I said Lord in this one year I will live as though I always wish to live giving everything to you that I can and when I said word everything I meant every letter of it it was painful But you know something happened. A shift took place. Because before God brings revival to your ministry, He will bring renewal to you. Little did I know is that God wanted to wake me up more than He wanted to resurrect the ministry. God is interested in you as much as He's interested in your ministry. And sometimes God is waiting to wake you up. You may say, but this thing is dead. God says, yes, that is dead. But you're also asleep. I want to wake up your prayer life. I want to wake up your holiness life. I want to wake up your consecration life. I want to wake up your fasting life. I want to wake up your intercession life. I want to wake up your giving life. I want to wake you up. You can see this man. He cared more about reputation in the Jewish community and I feel like what happened is that Jesus was waiting until he dies to his reputation because now the social club that he belonged to where all the leaders of synagogues were will kick him out because not only he acknowledged Jesus as the Messiah, he begged him what an embarrassment for a leader to lose his cool like that. But see when you have something that's dead God won't resurrect it until he wakes you up. And I'm telling you, he will wake you up. Some of you you're praying for your children, you're saying, "God, save my child." And before God touches your child, he will touch your prayer life. He's going to deal with you about your Netflix addiction. He's going to deal with you with about your gossip addiction he's gonna deal with you about the fact that you are talking stress about other people and you say, God no 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 my kid is on drugs God says I know but your mouth is dirty you will pray for your wife and say God my wife is not as spiritual as I am but God will start dealing with your obsession With nudity on Instagram, God will start dealing with you. He will begin to break you out of your mold, out of your routine, out of what's acceptable, out of what the society does, your tradition does. And you will have to lose yourself coming to Jesus and begging earnestly. But I'm a ruler of a synagogue. The Pharisees will fire me for this. But honestly... I am hungry and my hunger is bigger than my desire to look good in the eyes of half dead people. I didn't come to preach today. I came to work. The Holy Spirit is doing something in the hearts of people here today. I really believe that He's bringing a renewal to you before He brings revival to your family. He will bring renewal to you before He revives your church. He will bring renewal to you before He revives your situation. Before He will bring dead things to life. He will wake you up and break you out of your mold. Break you out of your tradition. Break you out of what you've been doing for so many years that it's not working. He will take you out of that and bring you to a new level of holiness. A new level of purity. A new level of giving. A new level of prayer, a new level of fasting. Come on, lift your hands right now, begin to pray in the Holy Ghost for the next 60 seconds. For the next 60 seconds, open up your lips, pray like you never prayed before. Worship like you never worshiped before. Pray in tongues like you never prayed before. Stop blaming other people. Take responsibility for your personal revival. Stop blaming your society. Stop blaming your zip code. Take responsibility for your personal walk with God right now. No Koto, come on, 60 more seconds, 60 more seconds. Begin to just cry out right now for a personal revival. Personal revival, personal holiness, personal giving to God. I know you expect other people to live their faith out, but I want you to say, God, I want to break out of my mold, out of my religiosity, out of what's popular, out of what's acceptable. God, personal revival, personal revival, personal revival, personal renewal. That means that alcohol gotta go. The alcohol has to go. That means the pornography has to go. That addiction to movies has to go. That thing has to go. You gotta break out. Break out. You gotta break out in holiness. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. We ask you for your fire, Lord, to fall upon our sacrifice, upon our life, upon our life. The Bible says the following. It says that Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed. You can, you can stay here. And a great multitude followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. I want you to see this they're walking to his miracle. With Jesus they're walking to his resurrection to this father's resurrection. Many steps are being taken and then there's an interruption. What a woman who never asked Jesus, she stops Jesus and she gets her miracle by one touch and Jesus stops, gives her so much attention and Jairus is standing there impatient. Come on Jesus, come on Jesus. You gotta come to my house. You gotta come to my house. My daughter, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter. This woman, she, she wasn't first. I was first to ask you. I was first to beg you. Jesus stops and does not continue to walk and he attends to someone else. When you begin your personal walk with Jesus when Jesus begins to resurrect your personal revival you will experience a stop of Jesus where it will feel like the Lord doesn't do anything and then at the same time you will see other people on the side who what what you're praying for for years They got by a touch. You're believing for years. And you're walking with God. But God stopped for you. He's not moving. It seems like he got stuck here. He's not moving further toward your miracle. And then you're seeing other people. They get it by a touch. What takes you time. I just have a word for somebody in this room today. Just because Jesus stopped. And somebody got something quickly. But it takes you years to get that breakthrough. Jesus is still on the way to your house. That woman interrupted Jesus. But Jesus never rerouted his path. Jesus never decided to cancel his trip to this father's house because he took a stop. If it feels like the Lord stopped moving, he did not stop. He still has in his mind to move toward your place and toward your miracle. If there has been a delay, if there has been a pause in the Lord's moving on your dream and on your calling, I have a word from God today. Jesus still plans to go to your house hallelujah 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 i had a dream a long time ago that god will give us a big facility it's been years since i got that dream and we still don't have that facility last week i heard another pastor who only four or five years and god gave him this glorious facility i remember running on my treadmill listening to this testimony and i felt like this man i was like jesus it's been 10 years we're believing for this. But this guy, he got it by a touch. But it's taken us so long. And it seems like, but God, I, I, I asked you at the age of 16. God you gave me the calling at the age of 14. I've been first. They didn't. I didn't pay the heavy price. I've been paying a price. I've been fasting. I've been praying and I still, you still did not get to my house and you already gave it to them. Never be offended over somebody who got a miracle before you because Jesus is still on the way to your house. Jesus is still on the way to your children. Jesus is still on the way to your husband. Jesus is still on the way to your finances. And right there on that treadmill, for the Holy Spirit say, He said, I never canceled my trip to your house. The dream I gave you at 16, He says, I still intend to fulfill it. The calling I gave you when you were 20, I still intend to see it to fruition. I did not stop. I only am touching this person, but we are going to go to your house. I did not forget about your house because I gave him something quickly. It does not mean does not mean. All the years, all the fasting, all the pressing in is in vain. Just because Jesus gave somebody quickly your situation has been 10 or 15 years and the daughter is still didn't turn around Jesus is still on the way to your house Jesus is still on the way to heal your daughter Jesus heard every prayer and he wants to tell you Jarius I am on the way to your house just because I gave her something quickly for you what happened to someone by a touch will happen to you by a walk it will take you a walk of faith to them it was a touch of faith for you it will be a walk of faith keep on walking and never be jealous of those who get by a touch what God intends for you to get by a walk keep walking keep walking Jesus didn't heal her to rub him in the face and say look she got it before you he healed her to rub it in his faith, to rub that miracle in his faith and to tell him yours is next. Yours is next. I know you believe for your daughter, you believe for your brother, you believe for your parents, you believe for your healing. You believe for your husband to come. You believe for finding a wife. You believe for your ministry to take off. I know you're believing for five years, but God wants to give somebody a word today. And just because somebody beside you got it quickly, it's not God saying that he didn't hear your prayer. Yours is next. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. The scripture says, here after she got healed while he was still speaking some came from the ruler of the synagogues house and said your daughter is dead and then they added this thing why trouble the teacher any further it was dying now it's dead and then they gave him this question why trouble the teacher any longer and when Jesus heard that the scripture says as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken he said to the ruler of the synagogue don't be afraid only believe following Jesus made things worse I have a word directly from the throne of heaven don't be afraid only believe if fasting for your children made them worse as soon as he heard the word he said to the man don't be afraid only believe The devil will whisper and say why trouble the teacher? Why trouble fasting? Why trouble praying? Why trouble giving? Why trouble selling yourself? Why trouble serving? As soon as Jesus heard the word he said don't be afraid to follow me when things get worse. Don't be afraid to follow me when things don't turn around at once. Don't be afraid and only believe. God is saying to somebody in this room today, the situation in your house got worse. When you started to believe for the breakthrough in your church, things started to get worse. When you started to tithe, things in finances started to get worse. And now you have voices in your head, tithing is wrong. You have voices in your head, I I was better before I started to pray. I was better before I cut off those things. I was better. Things seemed to be better in my life before I really pressed into God. Jesus is grabbing your hand right now and He wants to look in your eyes with the fierceness in His eyes and tell you, do not. Be afraid to follow me when things get worse because they tend to get better after that. When a few years ago when I felt that that prompting to give a year and to give pretty much gave all my savings away and then decided to take one year where take every single month and to take my savings for each month and give them away to the missions. And I made a promise to God, I said, Lord, for next 12 months I'm going to give myself entirely. I want to see revival in this ministry but God I know you want to change this man before you change the hungry gen. In the first month it was so exciting. But I had two rental properties and one of my rental properties, I lost renters that month. In Tray City's rental market was very hot, very good, 98% of all the properties were rented out. I always had two, three days and I would find renters. First month passed and no renters. But I gave promise to God I will give my savings away and I don't have money to pay for rent. A girl named Ephra on Facebook might be watching right now. She has no idea. For some weird reason she messaged me and says, what is your address? And I said, why? She said, I want to send you a thousand dollars. I said, here's my social security as well. I'm just kidding. I did not say social security. (laughs) little did she know she sent exact amount exact amount to pay for the rent and to pay for the promise i gave to god that month things in the ministry didn't change in fact things started to get worse with my properties second month no rent third month no rent fourth month no rent and i was like you're kidding me when i wasn't sacrificing i had rent i started to sacrifice and I have financial problems and things in the ministry aren't moving I'm like I'm losing my mind things are not doing good and this is what get, got me through I felt a strong word from Jesus holding my hand and telling me this Vlad do not be afraid to keep following me when it's getting worse and in the fourth month in Walmart line because I was wiring the money overseas to the missionary to, to the mission work there I had these questions There were this question came and says why trouble the teacher why sacrifice why give why believe ministry is not moving nothing is here why do that but there was another voice that says you gave a promise don't be afraid only believe within two weeks rent was found Within a short amount of time, one of the guys that first I remember within that month came is Louis. He's somewhere with the camera right now who's married now to my cousin. The people started to come one by one. And today, I think probably there's not one service that we have where we don't see people getting saved. We see people getting baptized. We see internships now. We see conferences. We see a movement of God. There's somebody in this room, you need to hear this word right now. Don't be afraid to follow God when things get worse. Joseph, don't stop leaving your purity just because you got betrayed and thrown in jail because of your purity. David, don't stop worshipping God just because you heard the promise from God and things got worse for you. Paul and Silas, don't stop singing songs because you landed in jail for deliverance. Do not stop doing what you're doing just because things are not turning around. Your children are acting worse. That does not mean it's a sign from God that God wants you to stop praying. It's a sign from God. Do not be afraid. Only believe. Keep on fighting. Keep on praying. Keep on giving. Keep on believing. Keep on dreaming, keep on stepping forward because Jesus the son of the living God is holding your hand. He is supporting your position. He is holding your life and he's telling you we are on the way to a miracle. We are on the way to a miracle. If you're in this room right now and you felt like this was for you, you know what, I am that guy, things are actually worse and I'm about to give up. Just slip up your hand. If you're saying that's me, this, this is exactly for me. I feel like giving up. Things have actually gotten worse ever since I started to press in. Just keep your hand up for just a few, 60 seconds. If you see a hand next to you, place your hand up on their shoulder right now. Let's begin to speak that word. Do not be afraid, only believe. Do not be afraid, only believe. Do not be afraid to keep walking with God. Do not be afraid to keep pressing into the Holy Ghost. Do not be afraid to keep fasting. Do not be afraid to keep dreaming. Come on somebody, lift your voice the next 60 seconds. Begin to fill this room with, now with an encouragement i silence every voice of the devil that says why trouble the teacher i silence that voice of the accuser that says you made a wrong mistake i silence that voice that says to you it's not worth to keep pressing into god Come on, 30 more seconds, 30 more seconds, 30 more seconds. Pray until they get breakthrough. Pray until tears roll down their eyes. Pray until something shifts. Until they hear the voice of Jesus, do not be afraid. Till they hear the voice of Jesus, don't be afraid. Till they hear the voice of Jesus, keep on walking. Keep on walking, keep on walking, keep on walking, keep on walking, keep on walking. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Hungry Generation. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat by using at HungryGen. Stay blessed, and we'll see you next week.